0: Thank you guys for being here. Like I know that it is not something that everybody has to be here, so I want to tell you, thank you for being here. It means a lot to me when I see you guys here, even when Phil is here when he's sick. (laughs) So we do hope you feel better, man. Uh, But we're talking about Bible doctrines, talking about advanced things. So last week we talked about uh, Bibliology, the study of the Bible. Yes. What does inspiration mean? Inspiration. You know Trenton? To inspire, not just inspire, there was a, yes, yeah, God breathed, yes, inspired means God breathed, so God breathed every word of the Bible, so we've got inspiration, and then we've got, uh, let's think of the other things, uh, how many men, this is one that I think you can probably know from Awana, how many men were involved in writing the Word of God? Forty, over how many years? Yep, fifteen hundred years. Forty men over fifteen hundred years. So we're talking about. Let's see. I'm trying to think through all the things I didn't put it down in our handout. Oh, let me ask you this: What is doctrine? What is doctrine? Yes, we'll put those together. What the what God's Word teaches exactly? Exactly, that's what doctrine is. So we're talking about doctrine today. We're talking about the study of theology, and that would be the study of God. Now. I will tell you, just so you guys know, that if you were to go to um, a secular college probably and study theology, that's going to be everything about Christianity. They call it theology, but for our practical purposes, the study of theology is the study of God himself. So I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about it before you answer, and then I'm going to let you answer it. All right, well, let's, here's your question. What would the world be like if there was no God? What would the world be like if there was no God? Trenton, you're not coming you. There'd be no world. There'd be nothing. Kirkland says it. So Flint would look like totally different if there was no God. There'd be... (laughs) 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 Yes. As we talk about God, I told you guys, the whole reason we studied doctrine is because we need to be reminded that we are not the center of the story. So the question is, it is a trick question, because if there were no God, there would be nothing. Now the world's going to try its philosophy, the society's going to try to move us in the direction to think of God doesn't exist because bad things happen. No, if there was no God, there would be nothing. So we want to make sure we have that in our mind. If there is no God, there is nothing else. And so we've talked about, talk about theology. We're talking about this is exactly what the world would look like. Just like you did before God spoke and did and there would be nothing. Now, here's another question. How do I know that there is a God? How do I know that there is a God? So if I was an agnostic... Yeah, don't say that with a lisp. Agnostic atheist guy. (laughs) And you had to tell me, how do I know... How do you know there is a God? And I want you to prove it to me. How would you prove that there is a God? Trenton would go like this... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> somebody tell me. How do you know there's a God? We're going to talk about it, but I think it's... Uh, if somebody asks you, right on the street. How do you know there's a God? Kirkland. How intricate His creation, How intricate his creation is? Yeah, yes. The Bible, Taylor? the Bible says there is. No, that's, a, that's an awesome answer. So, I never want us to think, because we're talking about Bible doctrines, if you can't use Bible to back up a Bible doctrine, then guess what? It's not a Bible doctrine. So, yes, if the Bible says... If someone says well, I don't believe your Bible, then that's just too bad. Because the Bible is the word of God, and the Bible says that there is a God. Yeah, anybody want to add to it? I'd do it. If somebody asks you, how do you know there's a God? To prove to you, how do you know there's a God? I want to think through it. It's okay. We can answer. It's just, just us in here. How do you know there's a God? Good answers. Anybody else want to add to it? He's the beginning and the end. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's been and keeps going. Anybody wants to add to it? Alright, we'll talk about it. How do I know there is a God? God re- reveals himself to mankind in two ways. We're only going to talk about one of those ways tonight, but I want you to know both of them. And then next week we're going to talk about the others. God reveals himself to mankind in two ways. He reveals himself through natural revelation. I mean general, sorry. General revelation and special revelation. Man, I cannot talk tonight. Revelation. (laughs) Revelation. God's regulations. No. General and special. So these are our two types. I want you to know the difference. General revelation is simply this. God reveals himself to all mankind through his creation and his power over it. So general revelation, God reveals himself to all mankind through his creation. And special revelation, God reveals truth about himself through his word to specific people at specific times. So general revelation Is when God shows, everyone looks around and sees what God has done, and we all know there is a God. Special revelation is when God stops for a moment and he talks to Moses on the Mount. That is special revelation, that is something that Moses got from God. do special revelation is when Peter James I mean uh, yeah Peter James and John are on the Mount transfiguration and Moses comes down to Elijah and they see hear God from heaven and God speaks his word to them that's special revelation our Bible that God gives us to tell us about himself is special revelation so there is revelation that everybody gets doesn't matter if you're the uh, person in Timbuktu in the backcountry or I mean, that everybody gets that. But then there's special revelation to where God speaks at specific times to specific people. Now, in special revelation, sometimes there's special revelation, whereas God's talking to people like Jeremiah, and it all doesn't apply to me necessarily. I can find application in it, but God is speaking to Jeremiah at that point. Or Moses, when God says engrave tablets of um, stone, that doesn't mean I need to go engrave tablets of stone. God is giving a special revelation to Moses. But... We look at it, two types. The reason we're going to know that is because this week we're talking about general revelation that everybody has. Next week, the next two weeks after that, or the next week we're going to talk about special revelation. We start talking about the attributes of God and how do we know even who God is and what he is about through his word. So these are going to be the big things when we start talking about like immutability and all those fun words from special revelation. But everybody gets general revelation. So everybody got that? So let's talk about General revelation. General revelation. General revelation is available to every human being. Every human being gets general revelation. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. I'm going to read it. <clears throat> and it says this. Romans 1, 18 through 20. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in, in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves wise to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and the birds, and four footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to the uncleanness, to the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. And amen. When we look at general revelation, this is what I want us to see. Everybody, from the Word of God, can see there's a God. It's in our conscience. The Bible talks about how the Gentiles, in the book of Romans, it talks about how the Gentiles having not the law of God obey the law of God because it's written in their conscience. So we all have conscience. We all know there is a God. There is someone that we have to, at some point, give account to. Now, we may not all, everyone may not all agree on what it looks like. The Buddhists will say it's over here. The Muslims will say Allah. All these different things. But everyone in us, Everything in us says there is a God. And so we have it from the Bible. Because that which may be known of God is manifested in them. For God hath showed it unto them. It's interesting for, to me. Is when we look at pretty much everything in creation. How, of course you guys know. And I won't get nerdy out here on my snowflake thing here. But to take a picture. To uh, look through a macro lens at a snowflake. And to see a snowflake with all kinds of designs. And then for someone to say there's no God doesn't even make sense like it, it doesn't to go and look at all the vastness of this earth to look at the human body just look at individuals and to say no nah, there's no God as in my devotion this morning I read Psalm 14 the fool has said in his heart there is no God you have just rejected what God has put in your heart to know about him and so the, for the invisible things let's let's do a couple words manifest where word manifest means it's clearly visible for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly vi- seen. That which made known of God is manifest in them. So to every single person, it is clearly visible. It is open that there is a God. And then they are without excuse. The word without excuse means indefensible, inexcusable. Indefensible. Spell it the best way you can. That's what I did. Indefensible. Indefensible. <laughs> As we look at it. So what we're saying when we go through and talk about general revelation is. Number one, everyone knows that there's a God. Number two, every person is responsible because of that. So we ask the question, how does somebody who's never heard the gospel, how does someone Who's never heard that Jesus Christ, who Jesus Christ is, how do they get saved? We, every human being that's ever been born, knows there's a God. But what about the people who, have, who don't have someone to tell them about Christ? We are all responsible for what we do with general revelation. Did you have your hand up? Excuse, what did you say indefensible is? Indefensible, um, it is um, without excuse. Um, So that they are without excuse for the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen. So the general revelation is clearly seen being understood by things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they're without excuse. And so pretty much it's it's a definition of um, without excuse. Oh, did I go way deeper than I needed to just for (laughs) just wanted a blank and I'm like, oh, oh, right, gotcha. My fault. No problem. No, it's my fault. I'm, like, getting (laughs) all... Even all you just wanted was a blank. (laughs) So, yeah, so there was out excuse. So, the struggle that comes with most of us when we read the Word of God is, well, how in the world could someone who doesn't know God and doesn't have a Bible, how can they be without excuse, how could they have to spend eternity away from God in a place called hell if they didn't have an opportunity? The thing the Bible shows us is and in Colossians it does the same thing, I believe it is in Colossians, where we all know from general revelation that there's a God. Now here's my personal opinion, I believe I can back it up from Bible, but most of the time I've heard of stories, if you hear of um, missionary stories, so if you read missionary stories, a lot of the people, especially um, those people who go out in the back of the bush and go where no one's gone before, most of all of them have stories of people who said, I knew something was out there, and I just prayed and asked that if, and they didn't know called God, they, didn't know, they just said, I prayed and asked, somebody would show me, and God sends someone. So, I, I believe from 1 Peter that God is not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. So I believe that if there's a person that comes to God desiring from their general revelation, the same thing that everybody says, they see the stars in the sky and they say, hey, those didn't just appear there, I believe there's something. I believe God offers them an opportunity to be saved. Um, anybody have a any question about that? I don't want to skip it if not. All right. So we go from there. So general revelation, Romans 1, without excuse. General Relation, revelation observes the designer, the design of creation and understands that it requires a designer. General revelation observes the design of creation and understands that it requires a designer. The designer God created heaven and earth in seven literal days. In seven literal days. Now, this is what I would believe. Creation is a core doctrine. So, if you start believing that, there's a lot of different theories. Uh, Do you guys know the theories of, uh, different theories of creation? Like where people think of different ways? Somebody tell me one. Theistic evolution. What does theistic evolution believe? Exactly. That God started the process and then all of a sudden everything starts moving in that direction and then God kind of takes his hands off. He millions and millions of years ago started the process and then everything keeps going. Yeah, theistic evolution. Anybody else have another thought uh, of false thought of what people believe about evolution? Yeah, Kirkland. The Big Bang. Bang. Yes, yes. It just showed up. Like, boom, everything happened. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they would believe, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things that, Genesis just doesn't talk about these things, but they happen in the the gaps. Yeah, exactly. And then you got like day, age theory and all kinds of things. So when we start thinking about creation, when we think about God, we know there's a God because he reveals himself to us. He shows himself through general revelation. And that general revelation we're going to believe and we're going to see from the word of God is creation. And we accept it by what? Accepted by faith, so I want us to see this. We accept creation by faith. Hebrews eleven three. Evolutionists accept evolution by faith through faith. We understand that the world's were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which show up here. So, we look at God, who, out of nothing, makes the whole world. The the word is, you can write it down, just so you know, if you ever take Bible doctrine they're going to want you to know, ex nihilo, E-X-N-I-H-L-O, is when ex nihilo means that God made it out of nothing. That out of nothing came the world. So we look at it as, and someone will come to me and say, Aaron, you're telling me you honestly believe that a cosmic being created the world from nothing. And I would say yes, because I accept it, by faith, the same thing happens if you're an evolutionist. You have to accept that we came from monkeys by faith, because you will never find a half monkey, half human. You have some people that kind of look like it. I'm not going to doubt them there, but but you won't have a lot of you won't have a, a half monkey. You won't have a, a half dog, half. Whatever it goes into. We don't have any of the missing links. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And so we both accepted by faith. Everyone. The reason is because no one was there. No one was there when the world was created. Except for God. And so we, as believers, would accept his word. And we move forward. Evolutionists would believe something else. But it's funny. I have a quote from evolution. I have multiple quotes, but I'm not going to share them all with you. But this is a quote from an evolutionist. Evolution is unproved and unprovable. We believe it because the only alternate is special creation, and that is unthinkable. And if you look at Sir Arthur Keith, he is. He wrote multiple books uh, on the whole theory of evolution. He was um, a big thing on um, one of the, I think it's Piltdown Man. He wrote this whole book on Piltdown Man and how we evolved from it. But even Hameon himself says evolution is not provable. Like, we can't prove evolution, but I would rather be an evolutionist than think that there is a special creation that a God would create it. So when we look at it, both sides would say that, hey, we take it by faith. And so you know what? It's easier for me to believe God's word and see how God has worked in my life and multiple occasions and multiple times, and you could probably say the same thing in yours. I can tell you from my life that there are times where, as we talked about before, that God has been so real in my life that it didn't matter if there was a whole line, a million line of atheists to tell me that there wasn't a God. I knew God was real in my own life, and so I accepted by faith. The same as the evolution is going to try and set by faith, but they have nothing to base it on. All right. So, so the designer, and then we have the design. Creation makes it clear that there is a creator. Psalm eight three says, um, I believe it says, the heavens declare the glory of God. If um, um it does. All right, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament it shows its handiwork. The creation makes it clear that there is a creator. Now, I know we've heard the illustrations a million times about how you don't have a watch, you don't have a phone, it just doesn't happen. I don't, like, I don't throw my iPhone on the ground and all of a sudden it turns into a better phone. Like, all of a sudden it's like, boom! Bang, all of a sudden it has new features it didn't have. Well, it probably has new features it didn't have before, like crackling glass coming out <laughs> and, like, cutting my hand in pieces. But all those things, but none of them I would call features. There's no new features that happen when I throw my phone on the ground. The same thing when we think about Big Bang and all those other things. Nothing ever comes, second law of thermodynamics, nothing ever comes, becomes greater. It only tends to entropy, to go down to the bad. So, yes, the design. Creation basically there is a creator. Now, this is what I want us to know. Oh, I will tell you one thing real quick. I read a book recently, um, Gary, Ch- uh, Gary Thomas' book on Sacred Pathways, and he talks about how astronauts, he said there's something about astronauts, he wrote it down, that whenever an astronaut goes out of space, most astronauts are Christians or, have, or lean toward Christianity when they come back after they see the world from an outer space. And so I thought it was pretty cool. But, um, I, and I do have multiple um, quotes by astronauts, but this one I thought was great. Um, Chris Hadfield, he's a Canadian astronaut, he said, the world, when you look at it, it just can't be random. I mean, it's so different than the vast emptiness that is everything else and even all the other planets we've seen, at least in our solar system. None of them even remotely resemble the precious life-giving nature of our own planet. And if you look through it, if you actually um, Google like astronauts and Christians, like multiple astronauts, when they see it from space and they've gone to the space or whatnot and they've looked back at Earth from outer space, almost all of them will say, there has to be something more than this just happened. It couldn't have just happened. I found it interesting that when we come out of our own, it is easy, honestly, for someone to stay in their own little world, to walk around Flint and see abandoned houses and look at crime and do all those things and say, you know what, there can't be a God because look at all these things, look at the things that are happening to me. But when we back out of our own situation, we start to look at what God is doing and what God has done, The beauty that he's created, it is without question that everybody who stops to look at it says, whoa, there has to be a God. But when they don't, Romans even says that they are willingly ignorant of it. Like they desire to be ignorant of it. And they're just going to keep going in the way they're going. So when we look at it, it does. But this is the one thing I want you to know clearly. And I want to make no bones about this. Um, General revelation is not sufficient for salvation. General revelation is not sufficient for salvation. The gospel is required for salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10. For thou shalt confess in thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God is raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth's confession is made unto salvation. Therefore, it takes special revelation for salvation. So, when we talk about general revelation of God, when Revelation is simply this, God showing himself to us. So God shows himself general and special, but general never equals salvation. There's not one person who's ever looked up at the stars and said, wow, there must be a creator, and they got saved. There's no one that looked at uh, an animal and thought, wow, he's fearfully and wonderfully made, and they get saved. General revelation cannot lead to salvation only thing General Revelation does is point us to Special Revelation. General Revelation points man to Special Revelation. General Revelation points man to Special Revelation. So we wrap it up here and we'll, we're done. I wanted to go into the attributes of God, but I was like, I'm not even going to start the attributes of God and then uh, get like into half an attribute and then have to stop. So we're going to call it in just a second. But when we look at general, general revelation points me to the word of God. So when I look at all the things around, they cannot save me. But the one thing that general revelation does, even as a Christian, is it begins to show me exactly where I stand. Now, when we start thinking about it... Um, how many of you ever done the Google Earth thing where you zoom out on the Google Earth and you zoom in? Yeah, yeah you, you know what I'm talking about. So we're going out and we zoom in. When we start to think about, as we think about tonight, who God is. We think about theology, who God is. And we think about God in heaven. And we, in our minds, we don't even know where heaven is. We, well, we know it's outside of where we are. But we think about all the galaxies and all the things that are going on. And we think there's God. And that God cared enough, in Genesis chapter 1, to come down to earth, in 1 and 2, and to make a man out of dust, out of dirt. So he comes down, the Bible says, God forms a man out of dust, to make him special from everything else, and he breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. So God breathes into, God Almighty breathes into dirt, to bring us to life. And so Adam is made, Adam is created. And then God creates Eve. And we think that God, far removed from us, and if we even look at our little Google Earth thing, and we zoom out to even where the astronauts, there's not one astronaut who looked from outer space and saw one person walking around. Because it's not even possible. Because we're so tiny. But that God, who's way up there, loves us enough that he sent his only begotten son, it should make us stop and think, wow, what is, I think John says, behold, what manner of love is this, that we should be called the sons of God. And we start thinking about theology. Sometimes what I think can happen is, because we go to church and because we are um, around the Bible a lot, sometimes I think we can miss the simple fact that there is an almighty Infinite holy God who cares about me and he thinks about me. The God who spoke the world into existence cares enough about me, cares about enough about every individual in this room to meet the needs. And let me think about, let's take it one step further. As we look at it and think of our day-to-day, I have a God in heaven who thinks about me, and he is holy, infinite, omniscient, all-powerful, have I been stopped to think about Him today? Like, I have a God in heaven who's done everything. And we see His power. We see, we're all looking around in general revelation and we say, there is no way someone can say there's no God. But yet, He desires to have a relation with us and we, because of whatever reasons that we have, have no desire to have a relation with Him. See, when we, we can't look at the advanced doctrinal stuff so much that we miss the reality that God in heaven loves me enough that he wants to have a relationship with me. And it's not like he's, when we look at it, sometimes I think from preacher, what preachers say, we can almost think that God is like a little puppy that when you kick him, and it's like, I don't really want, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't got time for you, God, right now. And that God is like, God is hurt by that. And that we think that God is, no, God is an infinite God who desires to spend time with me. And when I reject him, I'm not just kicking away a puppy and saying, you know what, God, I don't have time for you right now, God, I wanna do my own thing. I am looking at the infinite God, the creator of the universe and saying I desire as the peon that I am to do my own thing. And then uh, in BBS, we use the thing of a Lego man raising his little Lego fist that he can't even move, that he can't bring up and then move his Lego legs that he cannot move on his own. And looking at someone and saying, you can't tell me what I'm going to do. And it's like, God, the one who gives us breath, the one who gives us life, who else allows me to move, he is not someone that I can just say, I don't feel like it, I don't do it. Because he's God of all the earth. The day I think that I've arrived something, why don't I try to create something out of nothing? So the day we think that we're, we're, we've made it, we've arrived, then we just start making stuff out of nothing. Just speaking stuff into existence. And then we start to even come close doing what God can do. So that's theology general. Next week we're gonna talk about special and that's where we're gonna get into um, some of the, I guess you'd say the fun stuff. We were gonna deal with the Trinity tonight too, but then I thought, no, we don't have time to deal with the Trinity. Cause that's gonna take a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing of itself. So we're talking about special revelation, attributes of God and things next week. Let's pray. Lord we love you, Lord we do thank you so much for who you are. And Lord, as we look at our own lives, And God, as we look at this world, Lord, all the things that are going on, Lord, I know that I can honestly say in my life, I don't know how people make it without you. Lord, I don't know how people do go through life. Lord, carrying the burdens that they carry, Lord, the stresses that they have, Lord, even the joys and have no one to thank for. And God, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in the young people's life. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be mindful of you. Lord, as we look at all the things that you do, Lord, as we see, Lord, whether it be a sunrise on the way to school, Lord, or where it be a sunset on the way home, or Lord, the myriad of things that we see that are your handiwork, and I pray that it would remind us all the time, Lord, of how wonderful you are. And Lord, that it wouldn't take uh, someone who's been outside of the atmosphere to the astronauts or whatever to just see your beauty, but Lord, that we could see it, and Lord, just worship you in every moment of the day because of who you are. We need your help, God, because once again, as we pray often, these things do not come naturally for me. Lord, it doesn't come naturally for me to do these things, but God, I pray that you please